This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonish Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the throw-in independent.ie's GAA podcast. I'm Will Slattery and this week I preview the All-Ireland Football Final with Joe Brawley. I started off by asking whether there's been a premature coronation of this Dublin team after there were many newspaper articles over the weekend comparing them to the great Kerry team under Mick O'Dwyer. I think that that's right and, and for the first time, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in Mayo today. I'm a, an ambassador for the hospice and where Joe Biden, the, 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 the former vice president, is turning the sod in Castle Bar at the, at the, to sort of kickstart the building there of the new hospice. And, um, you know, so I'm here, but I was here last night as well, and I've never seen so little hype around an All-Ireland final in Mayo. Mm. Um, very realistic, very... Um, and yet, you know, they, they sort of, there's a feeling that, that Mayo can do it. Mm. You know, there, there's, uh, and, and as you say, you know, with the best will in the world, the, uh, the, the, it's very difficult to avoid sort of crown in Dublin and advances a game. Hmm. So psychologically, you know, they're. Uh, I mean, with the caveat, of course, if it was anything, anybody other than this Dublin team, because hype doesn't seem to affect them in the slightest. Yeah, they they always remain humble and modest. I mean, I've I met them after the All Ireland quarter final that night in Groganson had a few pints with them, and I mean, they were just. Such down to earth, modest lads, you know, with no suggestion of hubris or no suggestion of, you know, like we are something. Jim, something Ga- Jim like Gavin's just, J- just humility, you know. Jim Gavin said today he's now he hasn't even touched the Sam Maguire after any of their All Ireland Championship wins. No, and there are no photographs of him with it, and uh, I think that that times with his philosophy, which is, this is the, it's the boys' cup. It's not his. Mm. You know, he's he's just there as, um, as he describes it to facilitate them. And uh, and I know it's sort of it makes for very boring press conferences, but I mean, there's no doubt that that is in fact the atmosphere in the squad, an atmosphere of humility, and you know it's it, it, it's I mean it's very striking when you look at them. You know you don't see coloured boots, you don't see dyed hair. They're none of those personal flourishes that you see in most teams, mm. um, and. You know, it, it means that in fact they're really living out that ethos. We've seen that countless times over the last five, six years. You know, um, 
they, they lose with grace, they win with grace. And uh, I mean, if just be told, I mean, Jim Gavin is making not just an enormous contribution to the GA and showing everybody how the game should be played, but also I think uh, with his own personal life and his selflessness and his empathy and compassion, you know, his work and organ donation, which no one really hears about. Mm. Um, and a sort of selfless work for good causes is uh, is an exemplar for everyone, really. So, you know, I mean, and I did I did think of the contrast of you know, Jim never being seen with the Sam Maguire and never being in the limelight after they win all Ireland's, and whenever like Tyrone were winning their all Ireland's, you know, Mickey Hart sitting up at the front of the bus with the Sam Maguire and him the first person off holding the Sam Maguire aloft. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a very very stark contrast and. Uh, there it is. And uh, I guess if, if Stephen Rochford wants to join that exclusive club of Sam Maguire winning managers, what do you think he'll do this weekend? There's some big tactical moves. Like, do you think he'll put, Who do you think he'll put Lee Keegan on, for instance? Well, I suppose that's the problem with the dubs. You know, who do you put Lee Keegan on? You can put him on Conor Gallagher put him in a central position there. Then it means shifting Boyle out of the central position. Um, you're always robbing Peter to pay Paul when you're playing against the dubs. Hmm. I mean, I, su- I suspect that they'll. I suspect that they'll. You know, they could alternatively they could put him on one of Dublin's flying machines at midfield, because it's going to be a huge issue for Mayo. James McCarthy, I mean, maybe. He, he had no shame. Seamus O'Shea. I mean, the, big, the conundrum really in the end for Mayo is that they're tight. They're, they have a tight panel. They have a tight team. Fifteen maximum sixteen. You know, and they've got four players. They've got Aiden and. Aidan O'Shea and Seamus O'Shea in the engine room, who aren't sprinters, who aren't flat-out runners. Mm. Um, and then they've got Killian O'Connor and Andy Moran, who don't have that sprint pace. And each of them's coming up against flat-out sprinters. Mm. And, and over 70 minutes, you know, on top of all the other attributes that the Dubs have, you know, that's speed. And they'll go for it. Like, I mean, uh, if Johnny Cooper picks up Andy Moran, he's going to attack. You know, he's going to try and break his heart. And it's that, it's that relentless pace that in the end makes it very, very difficult. And also their precision. You know, they tend not to miss chances. They don't miss freeze. Hmm. Their conversion rate on freeze this championship's 97%, which is extraordinary. They missed two freeze, two kickable freeze inside the scoring half in the whole championship. So, you know, that... that they, and, and then, you know, in terms of, you know, hoping for a bit of complacency from the dubs, the problem is that because, like that Kilkenny team, they're driven from within, and they know that uh, Tim Gavin doesn't just mean, he's not just speaking rhetorically when he says we're picking on the basis of performance and training. Mm. I mean, so Dermot Connolly has to sit on the bench for 75 minutes do you, watching. Do you expect him to start on Sunday? Nine years younger than him running the game. Do you expect him to start on uh, Sunday? I, I really don't. I mean, I suppose you could play him at wing half forward, play him there instead of. Instead of Scully, you know, and uh, and that would be a hell of a forward line. Um, There's talk. I mean, like, like I mean if, he, if he wasn't if he wasn't starting against Strone, you would have at least thought that anyone else you would have thought would have said, "Well, look, game's over at halftime. Dermot, you're in the second half, and move the team." But it's not the way Gavin operates. He picks what he believes to be his best team, and they play. Mm. And. Uh, <laughs> been said so many times there's no point in repeating it that uh, I mean although I do believe that Dublin would have some way to go before they would be able to convince you that their forwards were as good as 
Egan Bomberless and Maggie Sheehy, you know, Chair Chair Power, Ogie Moore and Pat Spillane. I mean, I don't think there's been a forward line like that. It's unlikely that there ever will be a forward line like that. But there's never been a squad like this Dublin squad. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, their C team won the O'Burn Cup. I think it was the year before last. Their C team won the O'Burn Cup at a counter. <laughs> well, yeah, this year they were all on I the mean, team who, holiday. Who and they even got a C team? What? Yeah, this year when they were all on their team holiday, Paul Clark was the manager and they won the O'Burn Cup. Jim Gavin wasn't even there. Yeah, well, exactly, you know. So they, um, they're they fearsome and, you know, they've got so many options. You know, they don't, you know, they, unlike most teams, like Lee Keegan went off against Dublin last year. And we knew that that was the death knell. We strongly felt as soon as it happened because we knew that he was a leader capable of winning that game for Mayo. And he looked as if, in fact, as though he was on route to doing that. But, I mean, Dublin can lose anybody. I mean, I suppose bar Cluxton, they can lose anybody and it doesn't really matter. What other, what other team could, what other team would say, look, um, dear McConnell, he's flying, he's raring to go, he's back, and yet keep him on the bench. I guess so, the, so. You know, there's a, there's a wild up to there's a wild up for Mayo to cope with. I mean, there definitely there's all there's all approach to the to the opposition kickout. Or, you know, stringing four players along the midfield, which is very cross McGlen esque. That's been working very well for them. But again, you look at Tyrone's work on the kickout up until they played Dublin, and I mean the first kickout of Stephen Cluxon in the All Ireland semi final was the best kickout I've ever seen. Tyrone pushed up everywhere. There were there didn't seem to be any options, and he kicked it 60 meters over the Tyrone press to the on-running um, Dublin right half forward Scully, who laid it off to Dean Rock for a point. And I mean, you just thought to yourself, and immediately Tyrone dropped off the press because mm. they thought, right, he's gonna he's gonna kick over us. So, you know, they've they've just got so many options, and they've more or less elevated the game to a state of perfection. But Mayo are the team best to compete with them. There's no doubt about that, but Mayo, four or five players, you can't run. And I include Dermot O'Connor in that, in terms of the real flat-out speed that Dublin bring to it. And uh, and they don't flag, of course, David. They don't have to flag because they can replenish the, they can replenish the team from the bench without any concern. So it's a perfect situation. And, you know, a manager who has created a team that are a thinking team that think that think their way through problems now and that, that are able to deal with anything that's thrown at them. So be huge. You know, I mean, I, I, I read, you know, Keith Duggan's interviews with Jim McGuinness every week. He tipped, you know, he tipped Mayo today. I, I, well, he, he didn't really, you know, he, he didn't ever really tips anybody. He says, you know, Mayo could win, Dublin could win, Mayo could win, you know, I mean, the semi-final predictions were that Tyrone could win, Dublin could win, Kerry could win, or Mayo could win. I mean, they were his predictions. So the headline says, you know, tipping Mayo, but in fact, that's not what the substance of the article is. But I always recall this, this great fondness, Jim's bewildering article last year on how to beat Dublin. Well, he's the man who last did it, so he knows something at least. Aye, but he rolled in with that ambush, and uh, he rolled in with that ambush, you know, and it's the way Donegal had been playing. And I think that Jim was, at that stage, Jim was convinced that his all-out attacking style would beat that. But in fact, you know, he was defied by the laws of physics. So the Dubs, you know, like the Borg, they assimilated that brand of football and learned how to deal with it. But I mean, there's no way Jimmy, there's no way Jimmy would go out and beat those guys again with that same Donny Gall team. Absolutely no chance. Really, you don't think so? If he, you don't think if he was in charge of a team, I now? think I think absolutely no chance. Absolutely no chance. The Dubs deal effortlessly with blanket defending. I think that while Jimmy's clubs are 
the dubs are quicker, the dubs are stronger all over the field, you know, um, they've, they've so many scorers all over the field, and slowly but surely, you know, they have, you know, they, they, they know the game inside out now, they're a learning team because they play football, and that's their, their, their baseline as they start with skill-based football, and they're a learning team. And um, I think they would have far too much for anything. So I mean, that's why that's why I think Jim's articles about how to beat them have become increasingly bewildering. <laughs> I mean, today today suggests that that Mayo's full forward line and half forward line need to track back as Dublin attack, and they need to capture them in a pincer movement, so that instead of allowing Dublin to play the ball around the outside of Mayo's blanket, whenever Mayo drop back into that shell. Um, the way Tyrone did, that the that the Mayo forwards and half forwards would come from behind them and capture them in a pincer movement, mm. you know. So that envisages Killian O'Connor racing back, Andy Moran racing back, Mayo being out of position, having to then try and carry work the ball forward against Dublin's ferocious man-to-man marking. I mean, Tyrone looked extremely impressive all year, moving the ball out of the blanket defence until they had to face Dublin's man-to-man marking, and then they were just hemmed in. And Dublin can Dublin can immediately switch if they wish to a more defensive style of football. Uh, you know they can bring in O'Gara to knock the ball long over the top. I mean, you know, last year I thought Mio would win it. I just thought that Dublin weren't at the pitch, and I said that, and I really did think that Mio would win it last year, but they didn't. And I think that Dublin are in far better shape this year but than Ma- they were last Mayo year. Mayo are in a lot better the shape play, like as well, though, Joe. Sort of. And the, well, the forward, the forward line in particular, the inside forward line, like Andy Moore and Jason Doherty, Killian O'Connor, they've never been yeah, as but, prolific. Yeah. Yes, but look who they played up until they played Kerry. And look at the way Kerry played the first day. And Mayo broke them in the middle third, Kerry. So Mayo had an unassailable platform. And so Kerry were continuously on their back foot. And so that the Mayo forwards were being fed and fed and fed. The problem against the Dubs is that they're never on their back foot. So you're not going to, you're not going to beat you know, you might break even with, but you're not going to beat James McCarthy, Fenton, Kieran Kilkenny, all those boys, all the pace that's around there, Flynn, when he comes in. And, uh, you know, they're not, not going to be continuously on the back foot the way Kerry, they're not going to be vulnerable in their full back line the way Kerry were. I mean, the Dubs have the best full back line in the business. Their pace, their covering off, their ability to prevent goals, you know, their natural understanding of the game. So it's a very different situation. Mm. And add to that the fact that any time that Johnny Cooper has come up again, Andy Moran, who's been Mayo's key forward, the weed thing passed through. I mean, Johnny, Johnny Cooper just runs all over him, plus Keanu O'Sullivan is the best sweeper in the business. And that's a big conundrum for Mayo. How do they op- occupy Keanu O'Sullivan? Ain't no shame, maybe? Again, you know, the worry there is Keanu run away from him. You know, and well, Aiden actually stay in there and play man to man on. I mean, you have various problems there. Aiden holds up all a bit too long. Whenever he was playing, in the full back line for all the fact that he didn't have to do very much in the replay because Mayo were so dominant. It meant that Mayo were moving the ball much more quickly up front because, you know, Aidan likes to get the ball and carry and slow, you know, and you need to move the ball really quickly, especially against the Dubs. Just, I'll, I'll let you go now in a minute. I was going to wonder if I could get a last a last prediction from you. All right. Well, you know, Mayo have problems that Dublin don't, so that Mayo have a problem. Where do they put Aidan O'Shea? Will they get a performance from him? You know, do they pick Seamus O'Shea, who's one paced and who's going to struggle against Dublin speed? You know, how are they going to get the ball quickly enough to Andy Moran to avoid, you know, Dublin's extremely pacey defence getting on top of him and Killian O'Connor? 
I think that may have a lot of problems that the Dubs don't have. Psychologically, they've got issues. The Dubs don't have those. So in any logical analysis, particularly given the fearsome way that the Dubs have played this year, you would have to say that you know the Dubs um, are likely to win the game. That's not to say that Mayo can get stuck into them and uh, make things extremely interesting. I mean, look, I, I, I just think as things stand, you know, the, 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 only, the only sort of caveat to that is that there is a feeling out there that because Dublin are such overwhelming favourites now, um, because, you know, as you say, this is in, in many ways in the newspapers this week, it's like a coronation, that things are sitting prettier for me than they ever have been. Mm. That, that's the hope. <laughs> they're, and they're, well, they're actually playing as good as they've ever done as well. Well, they're playing, they, they, well, well, you see, Mio have always played really good football. Don't forget that Mio, Mio are the most brilliant team never to win in all Ireland. Mm. You know, and they've always played tremendously entertaining football. You know, since the Horan era onwards, you know, always tremendously entertaining football. So they do play brilliant football. But that's not the issue with the Dubs. The issue is, can they beat them? Mm. And it's all very well. It's all very well playing well against the lesser teams. But these are the guys that are. These are the guys they have to beat to win in all Ireland, and. They are in tremendous shape, the Dubs. Tremendous shape. Mm. And so fresh as well. No injuries. Michael Darren McCauley rearing the go. Jeremy McCauley, broken. All flying. Mm. So uh, there it is. You know, you have to fancy the Dubs. Their general scoring power, their pace, everything else. Mm. Um, but Mayo will have to play the game of their lives and things will have to go for them. And, you know, a lot of things will have to go for them because the other thing about the Dubs, of course, is that they're relentless. All right, Joe, thanks very much. I really appreciate it. And that's all we have time for this week on the throw-in, but make sure to come back next Monday for our review of the All-Ireland Football Final. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or get us on independent.ie. So until next Monday, thanks for listening and goodbye.